So is this every morning then or just? Uh, no, it's the only few. Oh, no. no. <laughs> the whole dream of Fred being on the beach has been killed. Like how many wow. minutes ago to this? So we were all sitting there. Everything was great. And uh, Freddie and I were talking for about 20 minutes. And then about 10 minutes ago, I said to Fred, I said. Uh, oh, unless it makes noise. Yeah, we're, we're on now. I said to Fred, uh, Dan, I said, hey, how's Doll doing? And Fred goes, oh, she's good. Oh, why? She's coming over here. Like, no, I thought she was coming. That's fine. Do you? <laughs> hey. I'm sorry. These are last minute. No, I know. But turn your mic off then. <laughs> so Fred says uh, I said how's Dolly And Fred goes Oh she's loving it And then she walks over And I thought she was going to say hi But she said Fred you got to leave <laughs> and, uh, and Fred did not handle it He was like You're kidding me This is bullshit <laughs> And uh, why don't you take it from there Yeah So apparently they're fumigating the grounds And I was outside under a beautiful little cabana and they're fumigating the grounds, and they recommend after fumigation you not be outside for an hour. Um, so that was the deal. What are they fumigating it against? I, I have no idea. In the time you've been there, have they been fumigating regularly? No. But there's... Um, I see mosquito coils on my uh, terrace, so I, I, I assume there's mosquitoes here. Maybe that's it. I don't know. You mentioned the name of the town you're near. I, I can never remember. It's a Greto or something? Cabarete. Cabarete. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dan, your question for Fred was, uh, do they fumigate every day? Is that the question? Yeah. Okay. yeah so are we going to do this every day now? <laughs> no, no more of you? Cabarete. No, they, no, because I've been here almost a week now, and this Have will be really? the first time. You know, Fred, life is a cabarete. <laughs> life is a cabarete. Hey, man. How did the, the conversation way, yeah. How did the conversation go between Dahl and the uh, fumigator? Did he just come oh, No, no, no. Um, they saw the sign. A sign was put up that said, that gave the instructions. Oh, I see. And then we're thinking, you know, Caribbean time, will they even get around to it before... 10 o'clock our time before the show ends and uh, my buddy Doug went out and asked and he said yes they will be doing it so I couldn't be you know out there halfway through it and then the only thing in the whole time I was setting up there was people working here the security watching me do it and uh, but they didn't say anything to me but maybe they don't even know here's a stupid question they speak Spanish there in the Dominican or do they speak Portuguese no Spanish Spanish and cabarete. Um, do the, like I, I was watching you as we were talking. There were people walking behind you, security people or whatever, and, and maintenance yeah. people. Did they all, they all speak? They, any of them speak English? Not really. But I have my, you know, this Siri thing. It's Siri. How do you say um, anything? Like, you know, Siri, how do you say um, how many minutes to town? Right. And it Quantos tiempos minutes. You just let them read it on your phone, right? And yeah. you're good to go. You know, I, I use it when I'm, like, I know I, I've been brushing up on this uh, app called Duolingo. There's a lot of different apps for language learning. Babbel's a big one, of course. Uh, right. Rosetta Stone. But this one's free. And I've been going through it the last week or so 
And it's interesting because I, as I've said a few times, I know a lot of words in Spanish. Like I can translate how, do, how, how many minutes to town. The thing is, I can't do it in real time sometimes when it gets beyond just pleasantries. And I have found that Google Translate, like uh, those rides that I was on coming from Mexico City to San Miguel and then going to the hospital. You know, the guys I was in, those cab or car drivers, they don't speak any English. And so if you have a... Mm-hmm. If you have that Google Translate, it could, what I have found cool is that you can, it can sort of teach you as you're going. Um, and you said to me, you're only five minutes from time, from Cabarete. Uh, yeah, a cab ride. Can um, you walk it? The main town. Oh, yeah. You can walk it. It's about a half hour, which is good. I really like that. Because you walk in there, you have lunch, you have a couple of beers, right? And then you got to half hour walk back um listen partner every time you turn your head yeah every time you turn your head um i need you to pump up your volume just a tiny bit and uh stay on it because in that room for some reason it's yeah it's funny just the way you were facing on the beach you were facing directly into it so how does google translate work you 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 talk into to the translate and then it it comes out with it speaks out uh you can like you can ask it like i i just was i would write in how do you say uh you know will you wait for me you know what i mean and then it will give you the phrase but you can also talk into it if you go to on onto your well on apple or my android speech recognition speech speech recognition (laughs) uh let me hear your uh, volume now there frederick hello i think it's better for at your end not mine Okay, I'll, I'll, okay I'll, I'll give you a little more here. Because mm-hmm. uh, Dan's going to have to... Dan's got uh, a lot of stuff to do this week, so we're not going to have the Dan Duran news, so we're going to keep Dan around for a bit. Uh, why don't we do this? Why don't we do the official start of the show, then we'll have a nice chat with our friend Daniel, and, uh, right. and then we'll uh, get on to today's agenda. This episode of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from the well-equipped Humble and Fred Studios in West Toronto, from Lisa's Dining Room Table Studio, and from our sunny Dominican Republic studio that features a tiki hut, pool, and ocean, and is brought to you by Bodog, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Air Adventures, EVNet.ca, and GoDaddy. With GoDaddy, you can find your domain, easily create your website, and start selling online. GoDaddy has all the tools and support you need for your small business visit godaddy.ca to learn more and now here are two men who have worked all their lives to achieve greatness in the field of sunny relaxation it's humble and freshly fumigated bread and here's the uh, dandaran monkey sock sock monkey making Uh, his appearance (laughs) there he is big back memory i love that thing um Is that are you broadcasting from your bedroom? Yes. Did you have to wake people up, or you're all early risers? Oh no! Remember, it's eight thirty here, or whatever. It's eight. It's uh, it's eight forty one here. Oh yeah, it's an hour ahead. So it it works out. Everyone was up and at them, and coffee made before I even went out and set up. How have you found, you, you were mentioning, you know, going for a walk, drinking some beers, uh, walking mm-hmm. back to your place. And I know you were sort of trying to get to a certain weight before you left. Did you achieve mm-hmm. that? Uh, pretty much, yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, are you going to try and watch yourself for the month you're there? Or are you just going to go, hey, 
Whatever. Uh, Freddie's yeah. only got one life to live. <laughs> I'm not going to be obsessed with it, but, you know. Uh, yeah, we'll see. Well, it's a half-hour walk to town. That'll take some, uh, that'll well, take some yeah. calories out of you. So it's an hour. And not only that, but, you know, the first few days you're here, you're all excited, and you try this, and you try that. That'll That's petering off already. Uh, and you're making, you're still you're making some meals at your place. You're going to do that? Oh, tonight making. I, we went to town to the local butcher and have some beautiful pork that we're barbecuing tonight. I have a barbecue here on the terrace, and I bought some vegetables uh, off the, you know, the local vendor there right on the street. Some carrots and potatoes and yeah. What uh, is the currency uh, called? A peso. It's the Dominican peso, and it's about uh, 40 to 1. So would that make it more valuable than the... Because the Mexican peso is about 6. Like, so 100 pesos is $6. You know what, Howard? I don't know until you compare actual products. You know what I mean? No, but I'm saying so 100, 100 Dominican pesos or yeah, is how many Canadian dollars? $4? I'm sorry. Say that again. God, this is the math is going to drive me crazy here. No, a hundred, a hundred Dominican pesos is about two dollars and fifty cents or whatever, right? Oh, because, so it's less valuable than yeah. Uh, so you the divide peso. by four, right? Of, yeah, because the Canadian so a uh, hundred pesos in Mexican, hundred Mexican pesos is six Canadian dollars. Mm-hmm. But where something might cost, you know what I mean? Once you do the math, you know. Um, a beer and a sandwich here might be the same as it is in Mexico. It's just the the peso totals there. Yeah. That's all. Well, let's not do any more math because that makes us <laughs> that makes us all sound stupid. And uh, Dan Duran in uh, Peterborough, you can see Fred that uh, that snow behind Dan Duran. Uh, I know Dan, you guys there in Peterborough had uh, snow prior, but. We got a bit of a minor dumping here in the city. I've got snow on the ground for the first time in a a bit. But uh, this week coming, Fred, Wednesday into Thursday is supposed to be a snow event. The Weather Network got a boner this morning. They put that red ribbon. (laughs) (laughs) You can only do they. The red. The the Weather Network loves that shit. They put a boner ribbon across the uh, the red ribbon of doom across their thing of a special weather event. And the first thing I thought is, oh, God, like, I don't want it to be on. Saturday morning and flights are delayed, but apparently it's just going to come in Wednesday to Thursday. Yeah, I read that. Something about a polar vortex, too. Oh, I hadn't, I hadn't, I hadn't heard vortex. Yeah, Texas gonna, low. Texas, Texas low. low, that's Texas, right. Texas low, yeah. Oh, well, I had read something. Maybe it's Western Canada. That uh, term gets me, too, like 10 whatever years ago. You never heard the term polar vortex. And now every winter you hear it at some point. Uh, speaking of boners, uh, you know, the beach, this whole stretch of beach I'm on, the locals, for whatever reason, they're not bugging you all the time to buy stuff. If you go to Cabarete, right where all the little restaurants are on the beach, there's a few vendors there, but they're all sort of licensed. And there's one guy that just walks around selling Cialis. Right, just on a on a on yeah. a string, <laughs> like it's just got like here's this little pouch, and uh, yeah, and some of the sign language is good when you see him selling it. He's <laughs> like he's doing this with his arm, it. yeah, he's, yeah, yeah, and he's going. He he says it, you know, in his accent, you get it eventually. He's saying Cialis. But That's funny. Some of his gestures were funny too. 
and then he'd smile and laugh at the at whoever whoever would ask what he was selling. He's like, "Hey, Quantos boners? How many boners do you want, my friend? How much does Ciala, the black market Cialis <laughs> go right. for these days, Fred?" Uh, I didn't ask, Dan. I didn't ask, to be honest. Maybe Dos, I will. Yeah, seriously. Find out what the boner market in uh, Dominican Republic is. <laughs> Dos boners for a uh, cuarente. But you got to watch Pesos. that stuff. Don't you? Like, if you take a whole pill, like, don't you have, like, like a six-hour bone on that won't go down? So what do you do? Take a quarter tablet? Do you take half a tablet? What do you do? Listen, if you've got a six-hour boner, you know, give me a call. This, we'll put a picture of it up on our uh, Facebook page. <laughs> yeah, um, you can't consulting. You but, can't roll over in bed for six hours. No, you get like a, you're like a kickstand. Mm-hmm. Um, it's back to the vortex, though. I don't. I'm looking at the special weather statement, Daniel, who a former weatherman, by the way. Mm. And uh, there's no vortex talk here, but uh, we are supposed to early in uh, February, which I guess is. Is February next week? I think so. Well, today, today is the uh, 23rd. Yeah. So, yeah, we're coming up to oh. the end of this month. And uh, you can't argue with January here in Toronto. It's been not bad. I don't know about the rest of the country, but then it doesn't matter. But we've had a pretty benign couple of weeks of winter here. But apparently, and maybe this is what you read, Fred, Red Fred, was that uh, we're going to get some real winter coming in february like it's not going to pass us by oh but uh, this week it's just going to be uh some heavy snow at times 10 to 15 centimeters mm-hmm. i don't know, I don't know. well uh, i feel bad although i'm going to be home for two weeks in uh february so see what that's all about uh, what are the days like there um, and uh, Cabarete? You guys are on the beach there, as you said to me before, you had mm-hmm. to leave the beach because of fumigation. My favorite part of that whole episode, I wish we were recording because you're like, oh, fuck. Something like, uh, wouldn't you just know it? And I was thinking, you know, like, what? And I, and I said, you mean because it's us? He goes, yeah. <laughs> it's like, because it's humble and Fred, this would happen. The funny part of it was, though, not that it's a, a lot but I got to take all this stuff down there, you know, and then there's a table under the cabana and you set it up and this plugs in there and that plugs in there and everything was set up nice. Oh yeah. I had made some notes. Everything was spread out, ready to go. And then, you know, I can't find out prior to that. No, like I was like half an hour before we started. So then I quickly have to pack everything in a bag, come back to the room, find out a good place to do it. I don't want to do it out in the kitchen area because it's not fair to the people I'm with. Although they said, no, go ahead. But, you know, you're self-conscious. And then I have to worry about everything I say and forget that. Yeah, all the nonsense that's going to come out of your mouth in the next hour. Well, this is well, this is it. So so now I so I quickly. You know, this table that I'm working at was out in the hallway. It's sort of like a thing you throw your keys on or something. So, But it's working quite well. In fact, part of me is thinking this might be a comfortable position for the rest of the week. But we will see. Is that table, uh, Dan, would that be called a credenza? Yes. Yeah, credenza. <laughs> yeah, I believe. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Oh, because I said that. Because my buddy Doug comes in and he looks at it and he goes, oh, that's going to work. And I said, that table's going to work. And I said, no, it's a credenza. Okay, and he said, okay, smart guy. <laughs> I just took a while to guess. I had no idea. Credenza. Is that a credenza? Is that the town next to Cabarete? Oh, fellas. But does it have drawers in it? Because credenza is usually have a drawer. Yeah, Dan. Yes, talk to him. Yes. 
They yeah. do have some. Yeah. But this is the table when you walk in. It had a big dish. You throw your keys or whatever right. into it. Right. And uh, that's that's its function. Right. How big is the building you're staying in? Is it like a full-on apartment building or a small? Uh, uh, they are th- three-story condos. Nice little complex. Nice. They ring like a... Uh, the complex sort of rings a main courtyard or lawn area right in the middle is a cabana just beyond that is the pool just beyond that is the ocean it's lovely have, have you, you met any new friends yet? i was just gonna say have no. you met some neighbors are there some germans there that are putting their towels on <laughs> shay's lounges yeah and i think i you know this is a condo like obviously uh, airbnb people own them it's very quiet here this week like, the, we pretty much have the pool to ourselves. Nice. We have sort of everything to ourselves, so I don't know where the owners are. You know, a lot of people own these things and don't think of uh, airbnb them. You know, it's funny. Uh, yeah, I was watching the uh, Bills game. Yeah, we're going to get to it uh, with uh, daughter Charlie's boyfriend. Uh, and uh, he was over watching the game with me. And there was all these ads for VRBO. And I said to him, you know, it took me quite a while to even know that because for and I've made this point before VRBO, which is for the longest time, I thought they, they actually call it Verbo. Did you know that, Daniel? No, I always thought it was VRBO. Same with me. And uh, my friend here, Levi, thought that was funny. I said, well, no, because why would we think it was anything else? Because Airbnb isn't Airbnb. You know what I mean? And, and so it was two things. I never knew that it was called Verbo, but their distinguisher. This is the point I'm getting at, is that uh, you get the whole house. Like Airbnb, you can have a, you can rent a room in somebody's house or an apartment in their house. But VRBO, if you see, or Verbo, if you see their ads, they're usually for pretty higher end or upscale accommodation. And the ads okay. always feature about 10 to 15 people all staying together. And I said that. I said, I don't uh, who wants to go on vacation with like 12 people? And <laughs> Levi made the point. Well, that's the only way you can afford these places because they are. They're like luxury, luxury homes, it seems. But have you ever rented a, an Airbnb in, in somebody's house, like been like in their basement apartment? Who are you asking? Either one of you. No. I've done uh, uh, bed and breakfast through them, but only delise will not stay in a bed and breakfast that has a shared bathroom right so that's about as i've been like air i've been like in a uh, bed and breakfast with a private bath through airbnb but that's about as close to communal as i've been i've stayed in one place uh spencer and i stayed in los angeles and we stayed in the basement apartment of somebody's house but it was the way it was configured we never saw those people and they entered from another side right but, uh how about dan have you ever have you done airbnb daniel yeah, I've done Airbnb and just stayed at B&Bs and, you know, from New Zealand to, you know, even Toronto. I've never, I'm, I'm like uh, Delise. I would never stay in a place with a shared bath. But, you know, there's, I've stayed in New Zealand, uh, stayed in a place where the whole bottom floor of the house was the, uh, was the rental. And you walked out and saw the pastures and the farmland and stuff. But the, uh, the owners lived on the main floor. But, uh, yeah, no, I don't think I would. I'm agreeing with Dollar. I don't, I don't want to share a bathroom if I don't have Well, it. I think 
most people, you know, if you're young, you don't care. I remember as a kid going to Montreal with a group of people and being like in a rooming house type thing and sharing a bathroom. But you don't think of it back then. But now, eh, listen, I, I spent think so. three years in my 20s staying at comedy condos with strangers each week. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it was like, uh, I have told you this, I've seen the headliner got the big bedroom, the middle act got the smaller bedroom. If you were the host, you got the pull-out couch. Um, by the way, this all, yeah, just regular stuff, you know, your regular, your regular things. Uh, yeah, uh, but what does that mean? Just everyone but the, the dog, brother. Oh, okay, right on. So this is a true story, speaking of bathrooms. So Charlie and I went out for dinner last week. It was really a nice restaurant. And at one point, I went to the washroom. And um, I go in there, and I lift up the lid to make a number one. Mm -hmm. And somebody had been there before me and had a disastrous number two. Oh. Like, like they were sick. Mm -hmm. Sprayed everywhere. Like a shotgun blast. (laughs) So... So I finish my business, just the number one, but I walk out and I say to Charlie, I don't know what to do. Like, should I speak to the host, the hostess or the host and say, hey, you might want to go in there because somebody's been ill. Um, my question to you two fellas is, do you say something? Because I didn't, I didn't want, obviously the joke is, I did not want anyone to think that was me. But I also wanted to point out, I thought to be a good person to point out, hey, by the way, you've had an issue in there. And what would you guys have done? Ah, that's a tough one. You don't want to embarrass anyone. Exactly. You know, if it was an ongoing thing, like that particular person continuously did that, you might bring it to their attention. How would I know what person it was? Well, that's true. You know what I mean? I'm saying that's the only... Ah, I don't know. That's a tough one. Dan, would you do you get up and say something? Because you're, you're uh, the, the king of talking to the management. Do you say something to maybe, and, and you're right, I, that was part of my hesitation, Fred, is I'm like, I don't want to embarrass anyone. And I, I don't know, if is it, is it my job to point out that there's been a disaster in your bathroom? Yeah, but you know, that can come back to haunt you like the old whoever smelt it dealt it. Yes. You, you, you could walk out and claim it was somebody else and they're going, oh, yeah, right. Yeah, okay. Exactly. Yeah. Accuse. Okay. Yeah. Dan Durant. Yeah. I don't know if I'd bought. Well, like, was it on the floor or just in the? No, in it was the just it was an in, it was a, it was an in, it was an in bowl uh, episode. Yeah, okay, but it yeah. was. I probably would have let it let it let it go. If there was somebody standing outside the door that I knew, or you know, very close to the bathroom that I knew, if it was like I don't know, the the towels were out, or you know, the uh, uh, something was on the floor, I may say, you know, there, there's something going on there. If it was right immediate, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't chase it. So here's what I, I did. Couldn't be bothered. I, I discussed oh, no, this. Here we well, go. <laughs> no, here's what I did. Nothing. Multiple because, choice. Because I I discussed this with my daughter, and I said, I'm not sure if I should do anything. And as we were discussing it, she was looking over my shoulder, and she said, well, it's not your problem anymore. And I said, why? She goes, somebody else is going in there. I'm like, okay. All right. So <laughs> I thought it's exactly what I said. I said, the Costanza baton has been passed. It's not my problem anymore. I don't have to worry about it. But if that person come out, or saw you come out, yes, then they think it's you. Uh, well, oh, it's a vicious. It's a vicious circle, is it not? Well, I thought it would be uh, fodder for the program. 
Uh, um, speaking of fodder, it's it's interesting um, that Cialis came up, so to speak. I don't want to I don't want to miss this story because I saw it, and then I was going to ask you guys the question, or Howard, or uh, Dan. Yes, Howard and Dan. That's all. There's, Howard that's and Dan. The only I didn't know here. Dan would still be around for no. this part of the show, but there was a story this weekend that Buzz Aldrin. 93 years old married his longtime partner yeah i saw that picture on it on his 93rd birthday and i'm thinking obviously they're you know they're getting married for and she's much a, younger isn't she like uh yeah not a lot she might be like 70 or something yeah she's like, you know, <laughs> that's what i mean she's like 25 years younger than me. she's 68 or 70 she looks great so I, I just got the impression they probably did this just, you know, before he dies. He's 93. Let's get married and lock this thing up, even though we've had really no need to be married until this point. Because when I first saw the story, I thought, oh, you know, 93 years old, he's met some 35 year old who, you know, he's probably got money behind him and she probably wanted to get married. But the more I read the story, I'm thinking, no, they've been together for a long time. Number one, why would they bother? But at 93, could any is it? Would a 93-year-old guy without the aid of Cialis or Vi- Viagra actually be able to to bone? Uh, I don't have that answer. In my, I, I haven't gotten that far in my medical uh, training, but... Uh, no, and I... Because... I, I, maybe he just rubs I, his sponge all over that, her. <laughs> and I'm thinking, you know, if it's not physically possible, you know, those pills... I guess they'd work on a 93-year-old. You might have to worry about having a heart attack or something. Well, that's the thing. If, because what mm-hmm. they do is they, they take mm-hmm. the way it works. And that's how they were discovered is they were a heart medicine. And so they mm-hmm. take blood away from different parts of your body and reroute them to your bone. And so maybe a 93-year-old could take it. But I don't know if they could take it safely. But I know you didn't hear what I said. Maybe he just rubs his sponge on her. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's all they do. He just sponge rubs her. <laughs> he's an yeah, astronaut, though. So he's, you know, he's maybe he's a, the aid of space age technology. Maybe he goes down there and she's like, Houston, we have a problem. I don't know. Keep going. <laughs> she's 63, by the way. I looked at 63. Yeah. Yeah. She's, she's a doctor. Too, well, there, she's, a doctor. she's a doctor. So, you know, there's lots of stuff you can do. So I don't know how long they've been together, but at one point. You know, 93 and 63 doesn't seem that bad. But when he was 63 and she was 33, if it's been that long, I guess, hey, as long as they're in love, whatever. And as long as there's blue pills, what the hell? Exactly. Uh, Get her done. Dan Duran uh, has uh, a lot more important stuff to do this week. So that will be uh, all that we get from uh, Don Daru. Dan, I look forward to seeing your all right. angelic you face uh, here on the sketchway later today. The uh, the show is on the road as of next week. We're going to be off for a couple weeks, so we're going to do a couple different things uh, today and Thursday. We've uh, acquired quite a few emails. We're going to get to some of them today because we never got to them on Thursday. And I will tell you after uh, Fred does uh, this uh, message, I'll tell you some of the reaction we got to Thursday's show. You know, the retirement Sherpa. Um, did Tim return to the show last week? He absolutely did on Wednesday. Yeah. 
And I'm, uh, I'm assuming he uh, had a wonderful time whilst he was away. Fantastic. So deserve it, uh, you know. And Tim wants Tim wants you to be in that position. He wants you to be in a position that during your retirement years you get to be able to do things like lovely cruises on the Caribbean or get to do what Howard's doing next week or what I'm doing now. The retirement Sherpa is a portfolio manager. Okay, Raymond James, a member of the Canadian Investors Protection Fund. And if you have a portfolio existing, you're not happy with this, the performance, Tim will have a look and give you a second opinion, no strings attached. If you want to start from scratch again, he's your guy. Just any type of advice you'd need about investing, contact him, retirementsherpa.ca. He is there on both sides of the border, ready to help you. I just want to get this uh, right. The Electric Vehicle Network, we've been talking about this. It really is something different. You know, having had the access, now I'm driving that Kona you were driving. By the way, I really like it. You know, I, I was driving the uh, Tesla for uh, off and on for a couple of months, and I've driven the Kona before. It's just part of the fleet of different vehicles you can get at evnet.ca if you're ready for an incredible driving experience. Maybe you've uh, been thinking about doing this. A lot of people have and maybe a bit hesitant. Before you get your next drive or your next car to drive, to buy, uh, I'm sorry, I'm reading and, and talking and ad-libbing at the same time. It's a lot for me. Uh, check this out, because what you get at EVNet is a chance to actually take the uh, the car for a test drive. Like, you get to actually get in one of these vehicles, whatever it is. It could be a Leaf, a Kona, it could be a Tesla. Drive it for a day, drive it for the weekend, drive it for a week, and really see if an electric vehicle is going to fit your lifestyle. And I can tell you, I've sort of joked that the, the only time I've gone into a gas station is to buy gum. And I, it's, you know, the, the economics are beyond uh, uh, on your side in this situation, especially the car I was driving. It was costing me $130 a week in gas. So go and check it out. The EV experience has never been uh, like this. Book your test drive. You can buy a used electric car. You can book your EV rental all at evnet.ca. So, uh, yeah, Thursday, you were on the show with us toward the end of the program. Uh, Maureen Holloway, guest Fred. Uh, A couple days before that, we had our buddy Romeo, Paul Romanuk. And I had not uh, been on a a radio broadcast with Maureen Holloway for a very long time. And I got to tell you, it was great. She was uh, very good, as you can imagine. But uh, there was a point in the program. I'm not, did you ever go back and listen to any of it? Yes, I did, actually. What were your thoughts? My thoughts, it was very interesting. Uh, you know, we gained a little more information um, about, you know, what happened at Q107 over the years. Who was affected? At what level? How it is still affecting some of those people? Um Another takeaway was I find it interesting. And again, I've, you know, we name John Derringer and we name <laughs> Ryan Parker and Johnny Garbett, but there seems to be a reluctance to name the people that are most responsible. You know what I mean? 
And I, I find that sort did, of. Did you think I should have? Uh, well, because I yeah. thought well, you and I have named them. No, I know, but I, at one point, you did say that, like, oh, you know who they are, why I name them, and I'm thinking, and I under Howard, and I, that's not a criticism, I understand where that comes from, because sometimes, you know, with the line of scrimmage, you do that, but it's just, it's it's interesting that, because Maureen's right, you know, John Derringer has some major problems, the people that enabled him are really the ones that are most responsible for this, they should have put an end to that long before they did, but for their own self-interest, did not. Well, yeah, to be clear, John Derringer is the one most responsible. But you're right. I mean, I mean, here's the thing. I thought you and I had covered it. And maybe in the in the moment, in the flow of whatever conversation, I could have thrown those guys' names out again. Um, but I was really, I thought it was really interesting because I knew that story, the behind-the-scenes story of Maureen and Jackie's little back and forth. And the fact that Maureen you know brought it up i thought it was very interesting uh both jackie and i were a little bit surprised because you know i had discussed that with maureen the week before and i thought well we probably I, I just won't bring it up but the fact that maureen did i thought was very you know forthright of her and and honest and it was authentic and generally or something in particular are you talking just generally no the the part about uh, maybe i missed that part so there was a story that i had been told by maureen about how jackie had reached out to maureen 25 years ago and maureen as she explained she didn't she couldn't go along with it because she didn't have any firsthand information she wasn't working in the room at the time she had no knowledge of it although she did support jackie and believed her but that story Maureen and I had talked about it the week before and I said well we're going to have Jackie on how it came up was I said listen Mo Mm -hmm. Maureen I said listen we're going to have Jackie on I just want you to know I'm going to bring up the Derringer thing I said it would be ridiculous for me not to and she said just so you know I haven't spoken to Jackie about this anyway Mm -hmm. so the fact that Maureen brought it up on our show I thought was very I don't want to say brave but it was very Mm -hmm. honest of her and I thought that was a compelling piece much more compelling than me talking about how it got set up. Oh, so that thing in particular, yes, I heard that, and it was quite quite riveting because, uh, you know, and Jackie forgave her understanding what she was going through at the time, the position she was in at the time. Uh, So, yes, yeah, I, I, yeah. That was very interesting. That was an interesting. I'm going to pick up on that word you just used, understanding. Because I got a phone call from somebody. First of all, I'll tell you, you know, you know, Fred and I can see the numbers that we get on our podcast. And we don't really talk about them very much because it's nobody's business but us and the sponsors. But but I do talk about this. We have both mentioned where we rank in the Apple iTunes ranking on comedy podcasts. And, you know, we've talked about how we punch above our weight, blah, blah, blah. We're in the top five Canadian produced podcasts, whatever. But we rarely will crack the top 100 overall because we're competing against Jason Bateman, uh, you know, uh, the, the Tonight Show, all that stuff. And Joe Rogan, uh, Joe Rogan all that. Mm-hmm. So yeah. we, if we have a good week, we'll be somewhere inside the top 200. But after Thursday's show... We were solidly inside the top 100 for the weekend as people had heard about it. More people went and listened to it. I could just see the ranking. It just, we jumped up about 80 spots on Friday just based on people's curiosity. Yes. 
So that was great. Um, on the name game, again, Dave Farrow, J.J. Johnson, Blair Bartram, Hal Blackadar, John Cassidy, all the people that were responsible for decisions that let those girls suffer the way they did, and they did. Um, and I think Maureen brought that up. None of them, or maybe you brought that, none of them have really stepped out and said, you know, that happened under me, and I'm terribly sorry for that. I shouldn't have let it happen. Right. They all just carry on like they're still these great radio uh, programming stars that, you know, still have a lot to offer the world. When I'm sorry, but that's that's a significant stain in your on your uh, absolutely on your legacy. And I did mention, like, I, I'm not sure if it was in that portion of the thing, but at some point I did mention a couple of people's names, and so did she. Okay. She mentioned Blair, but we have, mm-hmm. you know, that's we've discussed all of those people on the show. Mm-hmm. And you're right. Yes. But but here's what I wanted to get to. So I, I was before I got sidetracked by the rankings and how much. Mm-hmm. So to the point of a lot of people tuned in on that day, much like they did when you and I, you know, were the only ones in this market talking about it the weekend after Jennifer Valentine. And by the way, speaking of that, Jennifer Valentine was listening. Mm-hmm. So I get a phone call and it doesn't, I'm not going to tell you who it is, but I get a phone call from somebody oh. on Friday. I'll tell you right. after. But it was interesting, this phone call, because it's somebody that I respect and I like very much in the business and uh, had talked to me, he said, hey, I'd heard the show. And, and he had an interesting take. He said, I thought you were a little hard on Ryan Parker and Johnny Garbutt. And I don't I think that's his name, Garbutt. Mm. And I said, interesting. Tell me why you think that. Mm-hmm. And um, after speaking to this person, I did t- come away with a different perspective. And I just want you to because it it. it it sort of opened my mind a little bit, and I want to see if it will do the same for you. And yes, Maureen and other people that we have, Andrea Ruse and a whole slew of women that we don't mention on the show, because again, I kept another person's identity you know, sort of confident when we were talking, because there's a woman that has not wanted her name associated with this. And I, can, I think people can read between the lines. I worked with her. You didn't, but I did. Okay. So, but in that room, Ryan Parker, and this guy was telling me stories that were just unfucking believable. The things, the abuse that Ryan Parker took over 20 years, just unbelievable. And, and yes, uh, John would blow up at these women occasionally, but the daily abuse that Ryan Parker took, uh, and Garbutt as well. I mean, you know, from what I've been told there, you know, there's there's some extensive psychological damage on both of those men. And before you say, yeah, but they should have and they could have, but a lot of guys should have and could have. And like some of the stories I heard about the way that Derringer treated Ryan, you know, you, I, all I want to say is this. I don't excuse them, but I certainly can understand why. And the analogy this guy used was great. He said, you know, think about it. You know, when... When you're in a family and dad's the abusive, the abusive monster, you're just happy when it's not coming your way because Ryan endured some daily abuse from this guy that, you know, and I push back a little bit saying, well, yeah, but I mean, at some point, you know, he could have gone to management and whatever. But the fact is, I did come away with a little bit of like, oh, yeah, I guess Ryan would have also 
been subject of, you know, this guy's wrath probably more than anybody else, certainly over time. Okay. Um, although, as Maureen said during the show, there were a couple of times where management asked Ryan and maybe Johnny, and rather than tell the truth, they sided with John. I mean, that struck me a bit. And again, you know, it's all the way you're brought up and what your morals or standards are. That's okay, you know. That's well, fine. I, I mean, I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not disputing what Maureen said. I'm just offering a different perspective. I'm not, I mean, and you know, you don't, we don't know. We don't know exactly the circumstances. Did they sigh? But I'll tell you, thinking about, I, I mean, going back to the first time when we all met Ryan as an intern and seeing the abuse, I've told that story about seeing Ryan there with John's dry cleaning and his, and his uh, laundry. So, you know, that, that, that abusive relationship lasted a long time. And maybe Ryan was too afraid to say anything after a while, you know, that Stockholm syndrome where you're just so freaked out by it. Uh, excuse me. I, anyway, I'm not I'm not taking him his side completely. I just thought about it on the weekend okay. that there's another perspective that, you know, through all of this, giving, you know, Ryan and this Johnny guy who I don't know shit about this. But both of them have been in like extensive therapy where I do kind of divert from the phone call is this. I don't think Cora should have brought him back. Like, they're back now. They're going to be the morning show at Q. Uh, from what I understand, they're going to be working with a woman. I just thought it was... An, it just doesn't look good on Chorus to have those guys in that slot. Find some other, other gig for them somewhere. Like, the, here's the thing is, you can't fire those guys. Yes, and just to back up a bit, I mean, you have this conversation with this person. Do I know them? It's like, now no, here you we are, you another person that we're not naming. Like No, you don't all know the people. Oh, pardon me? You don't know him. Oh, okay. All the people. <laughs> he's not from inside that that world. He's completely okay. diverse of it. He's just outside of it, but just, you know, knows a lot of people in the building. But no, he's not from, you don't know him, and, and he wasn't part of any of that. But there's, I don't know, just a lot of that through this. I mean, people being named and then other people not being named, and it just means a lot more when a name is put to a situation. That's all. But again, that that's all I'll say to that. Because that bothers me a bit, but and again, I don't know who this person is, so I don't know that. What this well, I'll just try, just when I yeah. here, here's the thing, you know me, and yeah. trust me when I say this person knows. But, but uh, did, this, did this person say to you, "Don't say my name"? Yes. Oh, okay. Anyway, um, but you know what? Again, mm-hmm. I'm just taking my takeaway from the conversation, and then thinking about it on the weekend is that right. you know, yes, Ryan should have probably stuck up for these women more than he did but i just thought it was interesting that through all this abuse because he's a guy you know there's not quite the same sympathy but we all know that ryan was i mean i know we saw it firsthand you know early early on in ryan's life we saw firsthand the abuse he got and apparently according to my buddy it just got worse it was just relentless and daily and you know like like i mean of course i said what you just said well why did he say something but uh you know hard for easy for us to say uh because we always had some power in those situations this guy this kid ryan was powerless against this force of you know abuse yeah yeah you know we all have different tipping points of course yeah 
I know I couldn't have done it, but but again, our relationship was different. I told you what I thought along the way. <laughs> so, you know, if we had moments. Yeah, but I mean, it's, yeah, we, it's easy for us to say, you know, I know. It's yeah. easy for us to say we'd be different, but I, because I've never been in that situation. Absolutely. You know, I, you I had don't a, know. You don't I had a, know. Right. When I was in my early, you know, I was in my 20s, I guess, 20 years old, I had a, uh, a boss of mine push me up against a, uh, a wall, a bunch of lockers, and this is a station in Vancouver. Like was like grabbed me by the neck and pushed me against the wall, and that was the last time he did that. Yeah, I just because I, I because I, I pushed back. Now Ryan, you know, given his situation, intern at the Mighty Q, and you know, a different personality, maybe he just never pushed back. And maybe if he had had pushed back early, that might have changed the course of his history with John. I don't yeah, know. I, I, I'm yeah. just offering no, it up what as you're a saying, thought. But, you know, you're, you're at that award show, and I was in the situation too. Well, maybe, well, a second one got me thinking, but being in a situation with Ryan where this kid who we were really friendly with in the early days, when we're around him, to sort of like didn't want to be around us because we got the impression that he was deathly afraid that it would get back to John. That and, he and he actually, was. Okay. You know, and like maybe three years ago, two years ago, I'm in Acton one day and it was when when Ron McLean's hockey day in Canada or whatever was there and Johnny Slapshot was in the parade and I saw Ryan and I walked up to him and I said, hey, Ryan, how are how are you doing? And I thought, even though he acknowledged me and we talked for a second, it was still sort of a cold interaction. And I just walked away thinking, well, that's a bit odd. Because I went up to him like, oh, old radio guys, how are you doing? And, but it was it was just a bit weird. And I thought, my God, that can't still be in place, is it? And it was, yeah. Like, wow. Wow, wow. Yeah. Um, again, I don't want to belabor this because there's other stuff I want to get to. But I did, I did have a conversation and I thought about it through the weekend. And, uh, and I even, you know, sent a note to Jackie as well. I said, you know... Because I, I still think it's a bad look on course. I really do. I think it's. I don't think well, that was the right move to make. No, it's ridiculous. I like. What message does that send? Or are they looking at it from the standpoint? And and again, they're going to hire a woman. Super. But in this situation, you know, it seems a bit disingenuous unless it's the right woman in the right situation. Or are they just doing it to say, "Oh, look, we hire women." Yeah. A lot of that Who goes knows? on. And are they hiring the two fellas because they think, oh, look, they were victims through all this and we're showing compassion and sympathy towards two apparent victims? You know, it's another one of those things I would have been loved to have been sitting at the table while that was discussed because, you know, some you would have you would think big brains came to the conclusion that that was the way to go. Somebody did, yeah. And 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 for a bunch of reasons, I'll tell you. You know, and, and we both made this point. But we way overthink this. Because if you look at the response, because they did this little teaser campaign. Joanne Wilder was in some room and a door opened. There was Ryan like, oh, sorry. And then, you know, like, oh, like there's a little teaser that Ryan could be back. Well, if you look at the response to it. It was overwhelmingly positive. You know, they didn't make this decision without some focus groups thinking, would you be cool with Ryan and the other guy coming back, even though they were part of this, you know, mess that became the Derringer show. So I guarantee you that the average Q listener is going to be overwhelmingly positive about having those two guys back in the room. 
And I told you, even beyond that, having lunch with a few guys in their 60s last week right down here, traditionally listened to Q. And uh, I forget how it came up. Derringer came up, and they weren't even sure what happened. Like, he just he was just gone. Exactly. Yeah, what happened to him? Yeah, wasn't there something? I heard something. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> man. The new guy ain't bad. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's what I'm saying. Like, it's great for us to pick it apart and overthink it. And these guys abuse and fucking the guys we worked with were dicks. But, yeah, but you uh, know what? It's, it's a great story of, you know, um, workplace. Oh, abuse. absolutely. I mean, it just happens to be radio in this situation. Well, and, and not only that, but we were in the building where you walk by the uh, elevator, you know, in the lobby there with the chorus values. Which were just such shit, considering that their values didn't extend to everybody that worked there. Which is the big uh, hypocrisy of the company. Uh, anyway, uh, we got to talk a bit about the uh, Burfalo Bills in a second. But first, let's talk about these fine folks that make uh, traveling so much more... Um, gives you so much more peace of mind when you travel, Fred. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm here in uh, Cabarete, and if you're on the main drag, you got to keep your eyes on the uh, on the sidewalk because every so often there's just big gaping holes that you can step in <laughs> and break your femur. I oh, mean, really? I'm serious. Like, you got to watch what you're doing. You really have to watch where you're walking. Specifically your femur? <laughs> okay. Sorry, your continue. Ankle, your ankle, your whatever. All right. Um... But anyway, uh, beyond, listen, I don't want that to happen, but if it did, uh, being part of the Chambers Plan, we would be well uh, looked after. The uh, Chambers Plan is Canada's number one group benefits plan for small business, say one to 100 employees. Uh, they have a dental plan, you know, prescriptions, all sorts of therapies. Uh, they have an HR component now, a mental health uh, uh, situation, uh, you know, a lot of people suffering through COVID. But again, the travel aspect is great. And I speak of that now because I am now under the uh, blanket of uh, the chamber plan while I'm traveling. So do yourself a favor. Look into it today. This can be done for your small business. Chamberplan.ca. Uh, hey, speaking of small business, if you have one or a side hustle or maybe it's a brilliant idea you've been dreaming about and sitting on for a while or that online store you've wanted to launch and finally start selling your products there's no better time than now than now to get it online you can find your domain create your website and bring it all to life with GoDaddy. GoDaddy gives you free and friendly that's free and friendly the two f's 24 7 phone support also here to help you every step of the way you know, you can you can do this. When I say it's free, you can start your website right now with GoDaddy. No credit card is even required. Visit GoDaddy.ca to learn more. Well, I don't know. Where, I don't know where to start. I, I, at one point, I wasn't texting you during the game, but at one point, you texted me, and we were both disgusted with what we we're watching. But I'm not sure if I texted back, and because I'm now calling them the Buffalo Maple Bills. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know what to say. It wasn't even a game. From the beginning, it wasn't even a game. Just was not a game. And uh, when the game came on and, uh, you know, the conditions, I thought, oh, this might work to the Bills' favor. But they just were not in it at any point. You know, and last year, the division uh, final, whatever you called that was yesterday, you know, Bills in Kansas City, such a great game down to the final seconds and everything. But yesterday, they just never gave the impression that they were in it at any moment. It was sad. Sad. 
I have a, well, I agree with you, and I feel bad for people in Buffalo because you know mm-hmm. that's it. You know that's what they have, mm-hmm. and it was. Uh, it, it's interesting as I picked up Charlie's uh, boyfriend to bring him back over here mm-hmm. to watch the game, and it was starting to snow here around two uh, thirty or so when I picked him up. And I'm like, oh. This is interesting. It's, it's got to be snowing there. And then I turned on on Sirius, the NFL coverage. And sure enough, they was talking about the snow. I'm like, I thought the same as you. I'm like, well, our team's more used to playing in these conditions. And then we get into the house just as Cincinnati scores on their first drive. And then it was just sort of like dying by degrees. My question to you as a football guy, because I don't really know the game, certainly as much as you. It just looked to me like Buffalo's defense had underestimated Cincinnati somehow because they were just running all over them. Like there was, it was like, it was almost like some of the, I know some of the Bills had some injuries, but talk to me about that. It just looked like they were outmatched. Yeah. Well, Buffalo did have some key defensive injuries. In fact, another guy went down yesterday. Yeah. The guy replacing DeMar went down yesterday. Yeah, and the thing is, when you have fill-ins, you know, literally fill-ins, the opposing team, they concentrate on that, obviously. It's basic sports strategy. You go after that vulnerability, and I that's what they did yesterday. Like, a couple of times, though, it was, like, just so wide open, you're thinking, like, how? How? I know. Well, you explain this to me, because there's a few plays where... Uh, I don't know who it was, free safety or whatever that position is that had a direct line to Josh Allen. So when when the Bills were on offense, it was almost like they had no protection for Allen, who just looked rushed all day. And, you know, other than a few moments here or there, just didn't look comfortable. But there were a few plays where literally after the snap, somebody ran straight at him. Like he was a bit off because of that. So again, is that because of fill-ins? They had some guys in key positions on offensive line that weren't uh, ready for this. I guess, like, yeah, it, it's hard to explain. Although, remember, I said, yeah, I don't like their chances against Cincinnati. And then we had talked about the power rankings. It was like the Bills, even though they put together that record, as the season went on, they just didn't seem to be as polished as they were at the beginning of the season. Conversely, Cincinnati was just getting better and better all season long, mm-hmm. just like they did last year, Howard. They, they were the same way last year. And I thought by the time they meet, I'm not so sure the Bills are up to this. Like, I think Cincinnati's even better than Kansas City. Which they proved last year as well. Um, Again, I don't have an explanation for what happened. Like, even if you lose, that's one thing. The way they lost was just bitterly disappointing. And, you know, when Cincinnati scored that first touchdown, I said, I was sitting with my buddy Doug, and I said, you know, that's what the Bills have to do. Just take little bites. Don't try and, you know, like, look at the conditions. Don't try and bite off too much. And then they get into that, you know, a couple of running plays. And then these, you know, 30, 40 yard passes just wasn't working. No. And Cincinnati didn't do that. Cincinnati did it a couple of times after they lulled the Bills into this short game. And then, bang, come up with a long one. But the Bills, as you said, there didn't seem to be any comfort through Allen and just no set game plan. Well, they didn't have any protection against him for some reason i've never seen him have Mm -hmm. be so rushed but also you know the uh 
So on offense, Cincinnati was running all over them. Mm-hmm. Every time they ran the ball, they got six yards. Yeah. On defense, they were overwhelming them. Mm-hmm. And that's what I, I said to Levi at one point. I said, like, I, they, did they not know these guys were coming to town? Did they not have, you know, they, they've seen mm-hmm. Cincinnati play before. Did they not have, and Joe Burrows is a great quarterback. He's every bit as good as Allen. Sparkly. No ass, it's Burrow. Burrow. Joe Burrow is great. The only, thing I, the only problem I have with Joe Burrow is he doesn't look like he's old enough to drink. That, seriously, he looks, he looks like he's 19. But they, uh, they just seemed ill-prepared. That's the part that I didn't get. That, and again, I don't know a, a fraction of what you know. That's why I, I'm like, was a bit confused. I'm like, did they not have a game plan for this? Because it seemed like they were off kilter or whatever, off balance the entire beginning of the game. By the time, next thing you know, it's 14 nothing. I was like, oh, this doesn't. At some point, I'm like, well, I guess I'll be watching John Rahm win a golf tournament this afternoon. Yeah, what was the score at halftime? 17-10? Did Buffalo even score in the second half? I don't I can't even remember. I was so disgusted. But uh, it was 17-10, yes, after so, the first half. I thought at halftime 17-10, they're okay. You know, they're getting the ball to begin the third quarter. If yeah. they score a touchdown or get a field goal, it'll be a game. But they just didn't have enough they didn't have any answer offensively or defensively. And you know, Stefan Diggs, he's you know, he gets to be a bit much. Did you see him? Sort of John at at uh, Josh Allen there on the bench. Not really gesturing like you know I'm open all day. Where's the ball? He does a little bit too much of that, and I'm sure in the mind of Josh Allen and the offensive coordinator of Stephon Diggs was open all day. The ball would have gone to him, but it didn't. And that's not the best for you know. On one hand, you can say, "Oh, he's a real you know, he cares a lot." But on the other hand, it's not the best thing for no. team unity. Uh, the other thing—that's that, what he's all about. And the other thing that went against Buffalo at one point in the second half, they'd had six penalties to Cincinnati's none. Mm-hmm. So on top of everything else, you know, a lot of momentum was going Cincinnati's way. Then this uh, injury—you see those two guys, those two kids collide. <laughs> Like, it's just everything that could have gone wrong, including the guy filling in for DeMar. He gets injured. So it's just too bad because I was so excited to to see the game. And then uh, so disappointed as you were by the way it ended. Yeah, and I... And I think a couple of weeks ago, you, you, you said that this is somewhat narcissistic, I believe. But I get tired of the teams that I'm following sucking. <laughs> that's right i felt bad like, for you too because i've only been watching listen i've never seen them lose that's i've been i started watching at the beginning of this eight game streak that's the first time i've seen them lose but you sir have a history of watching them lose way beyond me well and even the night before watching the leafs in montreal it's saturday night you're in montreal you know regardless of Montreal standing or the Leafs standing at any particular year. It's a huge game on a Saturday night, a huge rivalry. Leaf fans so want you to beat the Montreal Canadiens and vice versa. But they show up in Montreal. They play for one period. And then the rest of the game, it's just ridiculous. They, You know, this team is like 28th in the NHL. Brendan Gallagher's out. Uh, Cole Caulfield's out. They have about eight regulars out of the lineup. And they school the Leafs on a Saturday night in front of a national audience with Leaf fans just so wanting them to beat up on Montreal. 
you know, for past year. But they don't show up. What was the uh, like score? An, pardon me? What was the score? It was 3-2. They lost in overtime. Okay. But it was it was insulting the way they played. They just got horribly ill-played for the last two periods. Well, that's too bad. And I'm sitting there going, why, why, why? <laughs> and then yesterday, yesterday the football game ends, and I'm going, why, why, why? Do you ever consider it's you? Well, this is this is why you have well, to come no. to grips with the fact that it might actually be something <laughs> something you're doing, mm-hmm. buddy. I feel bad. There was some good news in Canadian sports yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yes, there was. Do you know who I'm talking about? Oh, absolutely. Maybe, arguably, Canada's number one athlete right now. Taylor made uh, recently signed Brooke Henderson, who just, I think she's only 25 years old, who won her 13th professional golf tournament on the uh, LPGA. Before you roll your eyes, let me tell you the number of uh, professional golf tournaments that Mike Weir has won, and that number has been the PGA. Now, I don't know about the Champions Tour, but Weir uh, has won eight. And Brooke Henderson, before she's done, will by, be by far Canada's most prolific professional golfer ever. And she uh, ran away with it this weekend. She's really, she's something else. I've had a chance to interview her coach uh, years ago. I never interviewed her, although we're trying, because TaylorMade sponsors the uh, golf podcast i do but yeah she's something else man she really is something else in that world and she beat by the way the number one player in the world on on the in the women's game mm-hmm. uh, nelly corda in that tournament so it was a real tournament okay i'm gonna ask you this question and don't laugh because i'm quite serious well let me ask you this number one do the women play short shorter yes courses Okay, how much? Uh, yesterday, the men were playing on a golf course in Palm Springs that I've had. I've been lucky enough to play. It's 7,300 yards. Okay. I would say that Brooke Henderson played a golf course yesterday around 6,500, 6,600 yards would be a long one for the women. So we're so talking 10%. About- Maybe 15% shorter. Over 18 holes, we're talking like 500 yards or 600 yards or whatever. Yeah, well, in that case, it was six or 700 yards, yeah. Mm -hmm. No, I'm just wondering if it's the type of sport that on any given day, a woman could beat a man. Uh, Yeah. A pro female could beat a pro male. There's a lot of sports where that would probably never happen, but golf is one. The reason I'm saying this is why we should give Brooke a lot of respect here. For what she does, what she has done, and the and the game that she plays is uh, tough. It's a high level. Uh, well, here's the thing: Nelly Corda, the number one female uh, in on planet Earth, and uh, I told you she comes from this great family. Her father was a professional tennis player, won a, um, a Grand Slam event, Australian Open. Her sister's also an amazing golfer, plays on the LPGA tour. But Nelly played in this event in the fall, in the early winter, I should say, it, with men. And she part. It's a team event. It's you know a little funny exhibition match or whatever. But she played in it in, in it with men, I believe from the same tees, and she held her own. Now over the course of four rounds, I I think those professional men would would prevail. But over the course of our round, absolutely they could win. Absolutely, Brooke Henderson especially because she uh, hits the ball extraordinarily long. 
My favorite thing when I talk about women's golf with guys is, you know, low handicap men will be like, yeah, you put me on a short course like that. You know, I could be, I'm like, you could beat nobody. Here's what you, right. you'd beat, no, you'd beat none of those women. You know, if I played a course that was 6,500 yards, I could fucking shoot 1,600. No, you couldn't. Go play a course at 6,500 yards and see how many under par you are. But even if you did, you still wouldn't beat her. No. <laughs> uh, but it was pretty cool. You know, it's interesting because I didn't get a chance to watch it much. I was watching the Bills. But my brother, Steve, Edmonton Steve, yeah. was sending me notes like, are you seeing what's happening? Because apparently in one of the rounds, like she was like way ahead. But I, mm-hmm. didn't, I didn't realize that. I thought she'd won. For some reason, I thought she won like nine or ten. I didn't realize she was already up to 13 wins. And she's also won a major. But uh, well, yeah, it was pretty cool. We can be very proud of her. And uh, from what I understand from talking Insane. to people that know her, including her coach, but other people in the business that say that she's just a terrific kid. I'm not surprised. The Canadians usually are. Well, that's it. Um, we were going to get to some emails, but before we do, if we have time, I don't know if we're going to get time, but uh, do you want to talk about uh, the passing of uh, David Crosby at all? Did you have that on your notes? I saw it, Howard, but David Crosby really has uh, no emotional or, uh, I don't want to sound cold, but that's one that really didn't matter to me. And I don't say matter, of course, you know what no, I'm I know saying. what you mean. It's not like some other, do you hear that in the background? Do you hear that noise? No, I'm just playing, the, I'm playing some music. Can you hear the music? Barely. Yeah, it's because you, you, if you turn your, by here. Well, I, I can't hear the fumigators, but if you turn your original sound on now, you should be able to hear the music. Okay. Um, listen, man, that's why we're, uh, we're aligned, because I felt exactly the same. I'm like, I know that's significant. The guy had his issues, but he was a, a remarkable musician. Lots of people respect his work. Lots of history with the guy, Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. Lots of stuff in the 60s. But it didn't really impact me that much. He was 81 years old. He was working with a like a used kidney. Yeah, I mean, when I was a kid, Deja Vu was a uh, significant yeah. album in my life. The Harmony, Our House. Teach your children well, all from that album. Yeah, great musician. Songs. I mean, great musicianship and a wonderful singer, but. Yeah. Like, this is one of my favorite of their songs. Uh, this came later, of course. The one, uh, Deja Vu, is the one I, I think it produced. Uh, this is probably my favorite Crosby, Stills, and Nash song. Although the ones you mentioned are good too. Do you recognize this? It's getting to the point where I'm no Harmony's crazy. What's that, buddy? The harmony yeah. is crazy from these guys. No, amazing. Sometimes it hurts. I was reading an article this morning where Nash mentioned that uh, the first time they all sang together, almost immediately, the three of them felt this jolt of recognition that and again it's a musician so he was saying we all felt like we could tell immediately what we'd be doing for the rest of our lives or something like that but you know I mean it's the same type of thing when you listen to Lennon and McCartney harmonies you just go wow Mm -hmm. somehow the cosmos or whatever 
the universe or the sky muppet put their voices together and it just sounded like this and from this the whole neil young aspect of it you know he had the quirky voice to say the least right part of that band didn't think that he was almost like a George Harrison thing, right? Couldn't bring enough to the band. Had had all this stuff that he wanted to you know, produce. Yeah. Record. And then, you know, broke away from the band and arguably became bigger than that band. In the end. Yeah, in some ways. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think. I'm, I'm looking up here on Spotify so those songs I just played were Crosby, Stills, and Nash, not Young. I'm trying to think what would be the... Uh, let's see here. Crosby, Stills, and Nash, and Young. So that's got... Uh, Deja Vu, anything on there. Our ter- but I, Teacher Children says it's got Nash in it, but I don't really... Yeah, but I'm not even sure on that album how many songs Neil actually sang on. Right. Um, De- how do you spell Deja Vu? Deja Vu. Oh, there it is. Helpless was on that album. That was Neil. Yeah, this is uh, Neil on here as well. It's funny, Helpless isn't... They won't let me play Helpless for some reason. Uh, Our House has got Neil on it as well. This is a great... I mean, this is a great 70s... Oh, yeah. I love this song when it was current 50 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Um, the thing is, I only worked at a radio station in the late 70s. That's when I started. And I think the only song we played was the first one I played, which is just a song before I go. Because by the time I got a job in radio, their heyday had passed. You know, all this stuff's from like early 1971, 2, and 3. Right. But did, didn't uh, David Crosby end up being somewhat of a whack job? Like, were you just saying that? Did well, yeah, he had his problems. He had a drug problem, an alcohol problem. He had to get a new kidney. And I believe him and Neil Young had a falling out, but they have since... Um, well, not now, but... They had uh, mended that. Yes. I guess. I, and, you know, he, had to, he gave uh, his sperm to... Melissa Etheridge. Well, there's the fumigator. I can hear it now. Yeah. I bet over. I bet in their heyday when they were a, a big touring band, David Crosby gave a sperm to a lot of people. <laughs> That's right. By the way, I just realized why I can't play "Helpless" by Neil Young on Spotify. All right, it's Neil Young. It's Neil Young. It's not but on there. It's on that album, though. There's still no. It's Neil not. Young's- They've taken it off. He's had it taken off. Well, that's odd because there are. If there's compilation albums that Neil Young's on, he's still there. Well, I on, just, I um, just, on, I, I just, I've got the uh, track listing for Deja Vu, and he's and he's taking it off there. That's really funny. All the Neil, all, you know, all the stuff don't he hold sings me to on that. It. I thought Helpless was on Deja Vu. Maybe it wasn't. I don't. Know. Uh, it is. Oh, okay. I'm looking at the track list, <laughs> but it's funny because some wow. songs featuring him, maybe those are the ones he wrote, Helpless and Woodstock. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Uh, anyway, uh, maybe we'll do this. Maybe we'll save some of these emails for... Uh, well, there's just so many of them. There's just a bunch of stuff that came in. Uh, because there's a few other things we should talk about. Did you see that uh, Alec Baldwin is going to be is being charged with reckless manslaughter? I yes. found that interesting. 
mm-hmm. for most people you remember he was on this movie that he produced as well as starred in a movie called rust he was handed a gun assuming it had no real bullets in it and says he cocked the he cocked the hammer or whatever you do you cocked the pistol <laughs> and right. uh, he says he didn't squeeze the trigger but somehow it fired killing one person injuring another and now is being charged with two counts of reckless manslaughter which i was surprised at because i i don't know it's going to go to a sure a jury trial it just doesn't seem like but from what i've been reading that even if you didn't mean to do it like there's manslaughter where you killed somebody by mistake but this is like right um i don't know almost like accidental manslaughter yeah but yeah. part of the problem is he was the producer of the movie and they'll be able to the the prosecution will say that he should have been more careful with the people he hired because the woman that was supposed to handle the guns was also handling something else but here's my question how does a live round end up on that set like an actual bullet that could kill somebody no idea that's what i thought as well like is it because there are scenes where they need stuff to be hit, like, you know, windows or whatever to enhance a scene? Is that why there would be a live round? But but again, how does it end up in that gun? And they were actually inside. I don't even think this happened outside, actually. No, it was inside. You just want, yeah. Like, how, how, how? But uh, apparently the prosecution's case is going to be uh, cutting corners to save costs. Well, that's what I mean. I said Mm -hmm. the fact that he's not just an actor in this movie. He's a producer. And so there'll be some responsibility for having this. They're called an armor, an armor. Yes, that person's been charged, too. That person's been charged. But that person, the armor was inexperienced and i guess they were yeah. as the producer he cut corner whatever it is mm-hmm. um but that that'll be their spin but how a live round shows up on a movie set and again what you just said about making an effect of something going through and those are all effects no i know they can do anything now like well <laughs> yeah, so i mean yeah they've never mm-hmm. yeah i just i've been listening to the story on cnn on the weekend i was like this seems very odd um but there was another sports story on the weekend that you may have missed. Which one was that? No, it's a, well, it's really quite something. The um, I guess he's never lost the senior club championship and continues to prevail. And that is the uh, the golfer Donald Trump announced on Truth Social that he has won the senior club championship at Trump International golf club again competed against many fine golfers and was hitting the ball long and straight this is him talking about himself so my favorite part he goes the reason that i announced this on fabulous truth is that in a very real way it serves as a physical exam only much tougher you need strength and stamina to win and i have strength and stamina most others don't you also need strength and stamina to govern (laughs) fuck like if you didn't know this was written by the ex-president of the united states you would think it was written by a special adult and i say that with respect by the way to special adults well this is what scares me about it he's an autocrat 
He tried to perform a coup. Oh, yeah. If that if that had happened, then who knows? The next election, just install one of his kids. And people think this is crazy, but it's not. And, you know, that whole Trump, Trumper faction maybe would buy into that because you can see a lot of those guys side with Putin through the Ukraine. Oh, yeah. And, and that, what you just read from Trump, is so much like Putin. Oh, yeah. Right? Whenever he played hockey, he scored eight goals and three hole-in-one. All these things that's so similar to Putin. These guys are manic. They're crazy. And you got to be, well, you know, you, you got to be concerned. Oh, I say. And, and you know that's not the truth. Of course it's not. That's just not the truth. Like, you would love to know exactly what happened, where he's getting that from, what, again, what corners were cut, or what handicaps are used, or whatever. He's crazy. Yeah, I, I would love to see him, actually, because there was a thing that I saw online, too, this weekend that ranked the presidential golfers. Maybe Golf Digest put it out on their Instagram, but it was ranking the presidential golfers by handicap. And he's carrying a really low handicap, like a 28 and to put that in perspective for people, like that's somebody, so let's say it's three. So that's somebody that averages somewhere in the mid to high 70s to get a three handicap. It doesn't mean that you shoot 70. It doesn't matter. It's just, it's really low is what I'm saying. I would love sure. to see him shoot. To sh- I'd love to have him have to break 80 and obey all the rules. But to your point, and I was going to ask you this too. Because um, both of us watched it, I just I just finished it on the weekend. Did you ever finish that uh, documentary, This Place Rules? No, that's some scary shit, man. That's some scary. Like I I felt a little bit weird when it was over. It's a documentary about a kid who follows a bunch of Trumpers and all, all the way to and including January six, and it's disturbing. It's disturbing for a lot of reasons, not the least of which, to your point about him and being an autocrat, the people following him. Mm-hmm. They're a dangerous crew. Yeah, Howard, that question you just asked me, yes, I did. I was thinking of something else, but that, yes, I did. I was getting my documentaries mixed up. Yes, I did see but that. But isn't that, isn't that disturbing, mm-hmm. those? Mm-hmm. those Especially disturbing is the guy accusing everyone of being a pedophile, but he was actually arrested for molesting kids. Yep. Like, it's a crazy town. It's crazy down there, man. Mm-hmm. And the frustrating thing through all of this is the Biden document stuff. Now you can just pretty much throw the Trump stuff out. Oh, yeah. Even though the rules are different, it's just it's just too complicated. So he gets away with that. Oh, yeah, he's going to. Well, you said, by the way, you were right. You said it best when you said uh, it's a great day for Donald Trump. And it was because now all you're going to say is it's documents, it's documents. It's not the same, but no one else, no one's going to dive in and figure out what's the difference. And they'll apply that to other issues. Look, just another case of people, you know. It's a witch hunt. Yeah. The, you know, tr- uh, Trump, what do they call it? Uh, Trump derangement syndrome. It's oh, just yeah. another case of that. Look at that. They'll just keep pointing to that. Even the Alec Baldwin thing, you know, and he did the great Trump impressions on Saturday night and Fox News and Trump just hated it. Didn't think it was funny. And. And now they're just loving this Alec Baldwin. Oh, of course. They're just loving it. Yeah, exactly. By the way, I signed up for uh, Truth Social. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah, I'm part of it. You should see some of the comments I leave him. Oh, it's unbelievable. It's 
fantastic. But is so anyone? Are, are you on there as Freddie P? No, I'm there as Eric Don. <laughs> That's funny. My name is Eric Don. So you can. You've, you've combined before. Eric Don, Eric Trump, and Don. I mean, you know what? Here's the thing. Yeah. I'd love yeah. to go and watch you, but I, I uh, I've been cutting out. I don't. I, I can't. De- I can't deal with it anymore. But this is like being part of a uh, a circus. Oh yeah. Well, so was it's Twitter like in the early the days. Circus. <laughs> because I've read. One day I just went. And I thought I got to read some of the stuff he's putting on there, and all the a lot of the comments. Like I'll have a couple of thousand comment, and and like three thousand will be from the same person. Like, oh really? That's like. Oh yeah, check it. Like it's something else. Um, if you want to check out something, and a lot of people point to this event as sort of the beginning of the rise of the the Trump. I don't know when. I just went as we often do, go down a YouTube rabbit hole, and somehow I came across the White House Correspondents Dinner, and I'd seen this before, but I hadn't seen it for a while, and it's Seth Meyers. On stage, there's Obama to his right, and in the audience is Donald Trump. And Seth Meyers is doing what those everyone has done in these things. He's making fun of people in the crowd, and he has three or four shots at Trump. And Trump never cracks a smile, never has any self-awareness. And the look on Trump's face, and Myers has talked about this, in a way he feels bad because he almost feels like this dinner was so humiliating to Donald Trump that Donald Trump was like, fuck all you guys, I'll be president. Anyway, but it's, it's worth a watch just because it's fascinating to see somebody that can't laugh at anything said about them. It's a pretty scary thing. Well, you never, you rarely see him laugh anyway. At anything. You know what I mean? No, I know. And not to have that, like, an ounce of um, self-deprecation or fun. Like, none of it. And then they cut to Obama, and Obama's like, Mm -hmm. he's almost afraid to laugh, but he's trying to hold himself back. Mm -hmm. Um, And to finish up on the Trump report right now, there was a, a funeral that Trump went to for these two women. There's one woman that supported him. Diamond and Silk. I don't know who they are, but they were big Trump supporters. And Trump somehow got fished into going to their funeral, this one woman's funeral. And he gets up to speak, and he, was, he thought he was only going to be there for 15 or 20 minutes. He had to sit on stage for over three hours while people came up and did tribute. Oh. <laughs> you got to see the look on his face. It's so priceless because he's like, what the fuck am I doing here? Mm-hmm. But like, unlike anyone else, he gets up and actually instead of his yep. first few minutes of his of his eulogy is talking about how he got sucked into being there so long. Yeah, oh, it's quite something. Him. Oh, everything. She about died. Him. Of course, I'm never going to die. I can't die. I'm too good. That's right. I will live forever. I will be a yes. Anyway, uh, thanks very much for uh, listening, everybody. Tomorrow on the program, Jeff Lumby and Julie Lafontaine, hosts of the Humble and Fred produced. Jeff and Julie moved to France during a global pandemic. Another duo will join us. On uh, the Wednesday, Darren Frost, Lisa Baker being on uh, together for the first time. We've had both of them on quite a bit. And uh, we will get to uh, some of your emails. I said to Fred before the first uh, the show began, I said, we should probably get to some of these today. But maybe we'll sprinkle in a couple over the next couple of days just so we don't get too far behind. All right. Yes. And uh, this first one here about Ron Howard in Peterborough. 
from our fa- uh, friend Dave Kilner. Looking forward to uh, sharing that with the audience. Well, fantastic. In the meantime, Opie, Opie in Peterborough. Exactly. Um, and you, you, know, you can actually say in some cases Peterborough is just like Mayberry. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't. I was going to say you wouldn't be the only Opie in Peterborough. <laughs> Uh, Let me make sure I can do this Because I have to do two things at the same time Which I can't do There we go Here we go now This episode of Humble and Fred Was brought to you by Bodog The Retirement Sherpa The Chambers Plan Aaron Ventures EVNet.ca And GoDaddy With GoDaddy You can find your domain Easily create your website And start selling online GoDaddy has all the tools And support you need For your small business Visit GoDaddy.ca To learn more we read all of our emails, Hubble and Fred at HubbleandFredRadio.com. Liking and subscribing helps us out. So does telling your friends and getting them to listen to this show. For Hubble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran. And remember, Fred gets fumigated every Monday morning, so stay away from him for at least a couple of hours. Enjoy every goddamn day. Pulling out jobs and jamboree handouts, two turntables and a microphone. Bottles and cans, just clap your hands, just clap your hands. Where's that?